Hello folks, welcome to the Answers May Vary podcast. My name is Kristen Miller, and with me today are Derek Schmucker and Brandon Miller. Welcome. It's good to have you here again, and... Uh, good to be here. Any um, starting thoughts to get us rolling here? Yeah, well, it's good to be back, and yeah, excited we, for another another episode. This is our like our um, first time back after last month's like sort of mini break with not doing a full-length episode. So this is our first full-length one since and since like June, June, right? Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. About time. So we have a special guest with us here today. Brad was not able to make it tonight. He had something come up last minute and, that he wasn't able to reschedule. So we decided to go ahead without him, sadly. But we, uh, since we have four mics and we, we thought it would be a great opportunity to bring in a special guest. So I'm going to let him introduce himself. Um, who are you, sir? Hey guys, I'm Jason Miller. Um, thanks for letting me hang out with you for this podcast. Um, yeah, I am friends with these guys, and I get in on a lot of the off mic conversations that the guys these guys have about life. And so I'm excited to be a part of this on your podcast. Awesome! It's good to have you here. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do, or hobbies? Um, how old you are, if that feels applicable to you? <laughs> Um, yes, I am ageless. <laughs> I am timeless. You're a timeless human. <laughs> I am 24, and um, I live in central Kansas, um, same area as the rest of these guys. And I am a metal worker and maintenance technician at a local um, storage barn manufacturing place. Um, kind of a typical Mennonite type of job, but I really enjoy it. And also um, really love my church and getting involved with different um, ministry opportunities through there. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Any, um, specific hobbies? Um, I have a lot of minor hobbies. Um, but probably one of the biggest things is just hanging out with friends, uh, playing volleyball is high on the list. I also have a, uh, 1964 CGA five Jeep. That is kind of a hobby that I don't get to often enough, but I would working on getting that up and going and reliable. Would you say that one's falling flat a little bit at the moment? <laughs> yes, specifically in the it's tire pretty, area. It's pretty awesome. Oh. It's a pretty Last awesome looking hobby, out a flat tire. <laughs> right. It looks awesome, and it was driving awesome until it leaked, I think, all the transfer case fluid or something like that, so haven't gotten around to getting that fixed yeah. up. Yeah, I need to get involved in that hobby. Yeah, that would be awesome. We could hang out and talk about life and work on Jeeps. Sweet. Sounds good. So, Brandon, I think you had a few questions to ask Jason to... Um, yeah, to get us to know him a little better, go ahead. Yeah, I just Googled up some get-to-know-you questions. So, uh, Jason and Chris and, feel, Chris and Derek, feel free to join in on this if you have thoughts as well. Um, if you could live anywhere, regardless of the people, just as far as destination, where would it be? Uh, right now, I'm going to go with Sweden. I've seen a lot of really beautiful pictures from there. Um, seems like a reasonable climate. Um, has a historically good economy. Um and yeah, the people seem like really nice people as well. Hmm. Also, found out today that they are the leading consumer in chocolate per capita. So that sounds pretty cool too. Nice. I would Sweet. up those numbers. Wow. Literally. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Swedish. Um, hey. Okay. Next question. What is one of your favorite things about your career? I think one of them is that I get involved in a lot of different projects um, since it's a. Um, relatively small operation um i get used for uh, 
a lot of different maintenance, metalworking, even some construction and landscaping and a wide variety of stuff. I also, my uh, primary co-workers are two guys over the age of 60, and so it's fun to just uh, get to learn a lot of things from them um, since they've been doing their careers for a long time. Nice. Um, let's go with two more questions. So let's see. What did you want to be... What did you want to grow up to do career-wise when you were a kid? I'm honestly not sure that I had something picked out. Being a doctor was always a popular answer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, last one here. If you could hire someone to help you with these tasks, but you would have to do the other two, which one would you choose to have hired out and why? Would it be cleaning, cooking, or yard work? So you can hire one out and you have to do the other two. Which one would you hire out and why? Hmm, I think I would hire out the cleaning. Because yeah, totally. absolutely correct. Definitely <laughs> Thank <clean>. you. <laughs> because uh, yard work is fun because you can make things look nice and you get outside, which is a big perk. And cooking, um, you at least get a good result. And cleaning more just feels like a necessity. Yeah. Hmm. You just have to do that so your house doesn't fall down on top of you. Right. Or I don't know. Look like a pigsty. If 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 you let stuff get dirty enough, then cleaning really does produce a good results. I don't know. Oh, that's I, true. I agree with you for the most part, but I I also find cleaning to be it's not fun, but it's satisfying. Yeah, it, it, it depends is, on what kind of cleaning is, we're talking about. Like yeah. if you're t- talking about hypothetically dusting, then sometimes that's not as like satisfying as like you know cleaning up the clutter or sweeping the floor where there's crumbs or something like that. I think true. scrubbing. The nice the, thing about Sorry. I think scrubbing the tub is about the worst because <laughs> it seems like you can never get quite all of the brown stuff off. Maybe it's just our tub. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. The soap scum just kind of stays there. It seems like you right. never quite get to the bottom of it. Right. I, I think one nice thing about hiring out yard work would be um, if, like, that you wouldn't have to worry about the weather. You wouldn't have to, like, sometimes this is, ah, okay, so we're fact. recording in August, like mid-August, and we just come through, like, the hottest part of the summer, hopefully, and it's just baking hot during the day. And so, if you wouldn't Correct. have to worry about being out in that, then that would be kind of sweet. So, or in this case, being in in that, since we had to turn the air conditioner off to record this podcast. <laughs> Sad <laughs> behind the scenes look. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so it's it's high time to get into our uh, open for debate segment, and. So one of the just to introduce this, one of the reasons we asked Jason to fill in for Brad besides being a loyal supporter and uh, being a good friend of, of ours, was he was actually kind of the inspiration for this discussion topic. I think you emailed us and um, and brought this up in some way, shape, or form. Is that right? I, am I remembering that correctly? Uh, it maybe yes, got shaped it, a little bit since then, but... I think it was in my email, and I also um, talked with Brad and Derek about it. Okay, so you've already had some, some background work there, so... Um, so Derek's bringing the question. Down. I'm just gonna let you go from here, Derek. So what do you have? Yeah. So the original question was was some more to more to do with how we relate to to government and maybe specifically dictatorship government or communist government. Um, seems like there's a fair bit of corruption there, possibly. Um, so, but I want to narrow it down a little bit and and focus on how do we as Christians, how do we relate to when our government, when, when, 
what is considered legal, what is legal according to the law is we believe unjust. And mm-hmm. how do we relate mm-hmm. to that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to hear some, maybe some general examples of things, and these can be controversial things, and not all of our listeners have to agree with us, but maybe things you believe are unjust that maybe our government or other governments um, consider legal according to the law they have set. Mm-hmm. So would one example be, or I think I think you gave this example earlier of of the slave trade. Is that kind of one of your original examples? Yeah. Something that was that was legal, but was unjust, and some people stood against it, and some people didn't, and there was like the Underground Railroad and all that. Um, would that be a good way of framing yeah, it? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's a great, a that's a great example. example, and it it it's it even gets it's government versus other government. So it's some governments say it's it's legal, and others say it isn't, and you know it's it's very controversial, and and how. What what could be our role in that, and how involved should we get? And yeah, can I throw can I throw another one into the stew as the yeah. controversial? Something that came to mind when we were like thinking about this initially was the death penalty here in the U.S. Because you could argue that a couple different ways. You could argue that it is just when it's used, but it's maybe against our Christian values, or maybe it's not against our Christian values. Like, personally, for me, I feel like to give everyone the best chance at, like, turning their life around becoming a Christian, it would make sense for the... It, the death penalty, I don't feel like it really lines up with, with my beliefs. But that's one situation where it's... You could argue whether it's just or unjust, if you know what I mean. Sure, yeah. I think one thing I would point out is um, what our definition of justice is, um, because you could frame justice as... Um, you know, the the laws of the land or the government um, bringing retribution for wrong deeds. But I think we'd all agree that the um, our definition of justice would be how well uh, it lines up with a moral code. Um, so it's not just about, you know, what the law decides, um, but it's justice is relative to a moral code, which is part of where it gets sticky because... Um, people will claim that there are different moral codes um, that we live by, um, so that hmm. that makes things a little muddy. And I think that's why um, what we feel is justice doesn't always line up with what government says is justice mm-hmm. if they don't um, go by the same moral code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. And so I guess maybe we should establish, so our our moral code is based on the Bible, and not all Christians agree on everything, obviously, but, yeah, that's that's a good point. Any more on that? Yeah, so we've had, we've thrown a lot of things on the table already, uh, and this is a broad topic, but I'm going to throw something else out here for consideration, and that is that, some, okay, so there are, there are some Christians that would say that Christians should be a part of government, and and should uh, help shape the laws of land and and align it with with the moral code they believe in. Some Christians would say that's not a Christian's responsibility to do that. Uh, and and w- in that discussion, you'll bump into something called the two kingdom concept, which I 
um, just going to summarize very briefly as I understand it, which is basically that you, from the New Testament, um, well, I'll just say I believe, uh, if you read the New Testament, you come up with a kingdom of this world or a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of Christ, or the kingdom of God, uh, kingdom of light, and it is hard to hard or maybe impossible to um, seek the good of both of those kingdoms all the time, or or at some point, the the um, priorities of those kingdoms will be in conflict, mm-hmm. and government. This is this is my belief that government um, has its root in the kingdom of this world, and that does not make government bad, but it it prohibits. Um, or, or makes it, at some point, it makes it hard, it makes it more sticky for the Christian to be involved in it. So that's mm-hmm. not really, I don't know, I kind of forget how I was tying that into the justice thing, but that, that is another part of, like, what is our responsibility mm-hmm. to injustice, I guess. Uh, well, isn't, doesn't that partly highlight the clash between, I don't know what you call earthly justice versus what Jason was referring to about a higher standard of right. justice, which is based on God's moral code versus natural law, if you want to summarize it that way uh-huh it seems like those mm-hmm. kind of rub together i guess maybe tracking back a little bit more to derek's original question not so much debating what is actual injustice but if something okay so like i think we would all agree that something like abortion we would consider injustice it's mm-hmm. someone having i mean i'm holistically pro-life so that's taking away the opportunity for a baby to live and have a life and so um that form of injustice, if, if it's something we established that I believe that's unjust, kind of the more, like, I guess, secular form of handling that is to try to become involved in government or become um, politically active, you know, start campaigns, activism, kinds of things to change that. But what is our role as trying to be, like, peaceful, um, godly citizens, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of where I wanted to go with this. So mm-hmm. I like I like mm-hmm. where you're, where we're taking this. I guess uh, abortion gives us a good kind of case study to. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any any more on on either thoughts on abortion or as as our case study or or thoughts on government involvement politically? Uh, how how we should handle that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one one question that comes up is um, how much we're responsible for other people's actions, because um, I think we'd all agree that um, if we feel that a moral code requires something of us, that that's our responsibility. Uh, so I think our first focus on injustice should be what we do, uh, but that still leaves the question, are we required to act on other people's injustice, are we being, um, are, we, are we helping other justice, or are we doing wrong by not disrupting other people's injustice? Mm-hmm. That kind of gets at the heart of the question, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Like, are we doing wrong if we don't, if we don't step in, essentially? On the surface, it could almost feel like we have conflicting biblical examples from Jesus, because on one hand, you have him associating and having compassion on the sinners and publicans and tax collectors and that sort of thing. And then on the other hand, you have him overturning the tables in the temple where they were cheating people out of money. 
Um, and, you know, so there, it seems like based on that example, there are times where action is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Unless that was a mm-hmm. thing that's just confined yeah. to Jesus, like since he's perfect, that was a thing he could do, but we're not to say called that. But there is such a thing as righteous anger. Like, I guess it's just really hard for me to balance in my head. Like, it feels, I th- I think the wrong answer is sit back and not do anything. But sometimes it feels like that's easier than trying to figure out what's actually the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and then there's other things. This is an. This is kind of bringing another another angle to it but i hope i hope we can tie this together so there's there's things where it's government mandated that certain people should die i guess or or be subjected to horrible circumstances and there's other times where it's where it's legal like in the case of abortion it's legal for a mother to say i want to get an abortion and we would say that we're by doing that we're taking the life of the child, but it's legal according to the government. It's still their choice mm, whether mm-hmm. to whether to go. It's still the person's choice, uh-huh. the mother's choice uh-huh. to go through with it or not. Whereas, like if we're talking, if we're talking, like we could talk Holocaust, like where where Jews and others were subjected to concentration camps, they were selected by the government and forced in this situation and then if you if you went against that you were then probably going to go to the concentration mm-hmm. camp too mm-hmm. unless you managed to escape so you're making a difference am i right you're making a difference between or you're saying there is a difference between um a mandate by the government that we feel is unjust or an option that's provided for by the government that we feel is unjust, but it's not, but it's still a personal I think, choice. Yeah. I think, and I think both, we can talk about both, but yeah, it's, there's a difference there. And, mm-hmm. and I think our response to either one is different, right? Uh-huh. Not, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily, but definitely the consequences for responding right. to the, the one where it's a mandate is are more severe for uh-huh. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, well, and I think in some ways it does, I, I hadn't thought about that, but that's an interesting point you draw. Cause if you know, take in the case of abortion, there's a lot we can do as far as trying to give people good resources and education, that sort of thing to try to persuade them to not like voluntarily get an abortion. Whereas if it's like a government mandated thing, that doesn't mean we couldn't do those things, but that puts us in more direct conflict with another, another force, I guess. Mm-hmm. So how does, um, do, do we, do we know of any, um, examples of how the early church handled this or how the persecuted church today is handling it? Cause those would be, that that would that might bring some like shed some light on on kind of traditional um and maybe maybe that's a little different persecution is a little different than injustice so maybe I shouldn't even bring that in here but um if it's helpful I guess we can talk I about guess that. being willing to suffer persecution for I don't want to say fighting injustice but but helping other people get out of to escape in injustice I guess. Uh-huh. I will just say that, yeah, um, persecution is a lot more of what's happening to an individual, but it's still 
uh, it's still a part of what happens when government is uh, holding different moral standards. I think it ties into the same same discussion. And I think for the majority of the early church and um, even the majority of the Ref- Reformation, um, a lot of their response was um, enduring and, um, yeah, accepting, I guess, the the injustice that was done to them. Um, but I think another thing that we see is that they weren't at all silent, um, even though they mm-hmm. weren't using, uh, for the majority, weren't using force to assert their moral code. Um, they were not at all silent about what they thought was morally right. Uh-huh. Mm. And that... Yeah, and I was just thinking as you were talking, that would like the early church would bear that out too. Or I guess Jesus, Jesus was uh, under Roman rule and like a very oppressive government, uh, and and unjust in some ways, maybe a lot of ways. But he commanded his followers to um, to submit. I mean, to pay taxes to Caesar. To uh, if a soldier, you know, there was this rule about uh, Roman soldier could could ask a Jew to carry their stuff for a mile and he said if they ask you that you go with them two miles that kind of thing uh but then the early church also was very vocal about i mean wouldn't shut up about christianity even mm-hmm. when they um the government called for them to be silent so maybe it's not so much about refuting the bad as it is pushing the good or not i was i because i'm thinking that. about that like if you put that in modern day terms, if there would be a law that a police officer can pull you over on the street and make you like, I don't know what, carry his pager to Wichita or whatever. Drop and do 50 pushups. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Jesus is saying for you to just go twice that distance. Like to us, that would seem like a major inconvenience or to me, it would seem like a right. major inconvenience. And so I guess like not, I mean, a whole scale injustice as such, but it does seem like the more I think about the more Jesus was more, here to promote loving others and doing good to others versus so much really being a loud mouth about stuff that you don't like. But I don't, uh-huh. I don't know. That's just kind of formulating thoughts on the go. Uh-huh. And yeah, like the early church, their main goal wasn't to take down uh, the Roman rulers as much as it was to advance the cause of Christ. And so their driving force was not correcting the injustice as much as bringing about the good. And we saw that also in um, Dr. King, Martin Luther King Jr.'s work, um, that he saw that if they just resorted to using the same force and, uh, you know, forcing people to do what you want that had been used in the injustice in America, that they would basically become like the unjust people they were trying to um to change. And so I think it can be similar for us. If we resort to using the same fault, flawed systems, then uh, we have the, the risk of becoming exactly what we are trying to get rid of. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So a question I would like to bring up to kind of, maybe we can talk this over to wrap up our time here on the open for debate segment is so hypothetically, if, if in America here, I know uh, there there are and were countries that used concentration camps, I guess, or or re-education camps. I believe that China's 
got re-education camps currently. So just it's a thing that for happens. those of us that don't know what re-education camps are, do you mind telling me what it is? Yeah, so I think it's basically it's kind of a I don't even know fully what goes on there, but I think basically if you don't go along with the government's agenda, you're maybe you don't agree with them and they decide that you should go there. They put you there with a bunch of other people and guard you heavily. It's basically prison and you are indoctrinated in the ways of the communists, I guess. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So I don't, I don't know a lot about it. I, they keep it kind of secretive for obvious reasons. They don't want a lot of people to find out about it, I guess. And so if, if, if someone, if people were being sent to these re-education camps, or say, if if it's as bad as a concentration camp, like a Nazi concentration camp, would it be right for us to help people either escape that or or move to another country where they could be, where they could avoid that? If if we could, would that be right for us? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like there's, in some ways, I'll, I'll just give my opinion here. I feel like in some ways there's a lot of nuance that goes into that decision that's a little hard to just say blanket up front, maybe. Sure. Because to me it seems like, I don't know, it depends maybe a little bit what you're helping them avoid, if you want to say it that way. Like, I don't think any of us thinks that that would be right to just, like, help someone avoid going to prison for a crime they can Right, I mean, yep. that's, the government's there to serve that purpose. Um but then it gets a lot more tricky when you have a very corrupt government enforcing those kinds of things and, you know, the so-called crimes become a lot more harder to define. And so I guess I think that's maybe a little hard to just nail down. I, I don't think it is always wrong to help people in those type of situations. Um, but I think it varies a little bit on the situation that we're referring to, I guess. Yeah, I would I would agree with you pretty heartily there. I would say this, though, maybe kind of to to summarize somewhat or um, help bring a little clarity. I think there are, there are two things that I think of that are win-win um, principles or solutions, I guess. And one is that love is always appropriate mm-hmm. and always called for. Um, and the other is, I, this is, a, this is a quote from somebody and I don't remember who, but that there is a God and I am not he, uh, uh-huh. that, that we don't actually, we're not the judge of the earth, um, and justice will be served at some point. Maybe not while mm-hmm. we're alive. Maybe you know, um, there is a judgment coming, um, and so it is not our job to make sure all the justice in the world is like cleaned up and um, prosecuted or or whatever. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is our job to love, and where those lines, where love becomes actually going against the law and you know in standing for justice i think kind of like brand said that is nuanced um but anyway those are two those are the two things that came to mind um that would be win-win i guess one summary that um comes to my mind um kind of adding to those which i really like is also that justice is not just a retributive action um justice is also doing what's right and I think we can all be mm-hmm. a part of that, even if we don't always know where to draw the line in standing up to the injustice. Um, 
we can all join with the force that's doing what's right and that will have a positive effect. And Derek, I think maybe this is just kind of circling back a little bit, but mm-hmm. I would say if there ever does become a time here in America or just, you know, if we're talking about historic or whatever, when um, Christians do have to go against what the government is asking, always the most effective witness is to do it with the utmost careful consideration and respect for the government before doing it. If that makes sense. Um, I think of, you know, the Anabaptist movement that we're all probably more familiar with. Um, just some of the ways that it was very non-malicious, even when they were getting the, the worst kind of hate back at them. Um, it's really, really hard to res- respect corrupt power. Um, but I think treating it as carefully as possible, um, would go a long way if that's ever if that ever becomes necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'd agree with that. I think all of you had very good wrap-up statements there, and I appreciate that. So I think we'll leave it at that with, for this segment. Awesome. Okay, welcome to the kind of spicy segment. This is a part where we all bring something that is interesting or uh, fun. So I think it's my turn to go first. So I'm awesome. just going to jump right in. So do any of you know what a Yugo is? Y-U-G-O. Y-U-G-O. No. It sounds like a desert It's a kind of car. It's kind oh, of I was going to say it sounds Japanese. No, it's right? oh, sort of it's foreign, but it's not Japanese. So, the Yugos, uh, the Yugo was a brand of car, and it was imported from Yugoslavia, which is now Serbia, um, so a communist country, and it is it was notorious for being um, a very cheap made, cheaply made car um, that was very cheap, but very poor quality. Like, very cheap to buy, but also very cheap in quality. So, um, just going to throw some facts at you. Are you going to um, cover, like, what kind of, what time in history was this? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting okay, there. Cool. I'm getting there. Right. So, this is, uh, it was first sold in the U.S. in 1985. So, started oh, wow. in the 80s. And I think the company, I think I read somewhere the company uh, went out or shut down in 2008. So, it was actually a pretty long um like they they operated for a little while but they weren't sold in the US for super long I don't think. So um the first year it was the fastest selling first year European import in the US. So it went really well at first. Hmm. Uh but it kind of got pretty bad from there. Um the 0 to 60 speed on it was okay so first of all if you if you don't know what this looks like um it's just this little kind of boxy 80s looking imported car a little bit like a, I think there's some old Ford um is Ford Fiesta maybe that looks a little bit like okay, it hold up no f- not Fiesta uh what's the other one like a little um what is back I yeah know, I know what it looks like and I know why because I on cars too there's what I thought was a Victor Hugo it's actually Victor Hugo pretty yeah. sure there you go because it's like one of the lemon cars yeah so yeah like, that, oh picture that that's exactly so what it is that is like so, such a weird i never realized that was actually based this off is of a something jo- that's real. a joke that you just car. got now yes okay yes wow. yeah that's that's the car so wow that's crazy so zero to 60 uh speed 
within 14 seconds. Oh, and wow. top speed was 86 miles per hour. So it was, it was a very gutless car. Oof. Uh, but that's not all. I'm just going... So when I was, when I was looking around on, um, online researching this, I came across an article by, on, at carbondriver.com. And they had some, some helpful things to say, but I really got stuck in the comments. <laughs> oh, the comments were awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to read, I'm going to read like an excerpt from uh, one of the comments. Uh, I'm just going to be jumping in and out here and, you know, kind of editing as I go. But I owned a 1985 and a half year model. You read that correct. This is a Yugo that he owned. It was only built to last a year, but most things gave out right away. No tinted glass, no glove box. Gas cap would not come off. Even full-service gas stations could not remove it to provide me gas. Oh. Door release and window cranks were cheap plastic. I noticed them with cracks during the test drive. They snapped off, and I had to roll the window down with the remaining piece and open the doors from the outside. It struggled with more than two passengers, flooring it on, on an even surface. No power. Replaced the radio three times and three clutches on a car that I was done with at 25,000 miles. Oh my goodness. Knobs fell wow. off radio, old sliding channel finder stuck, foam around air vent and heater chipped out, would not go into gears, also would not come out of gear, highway driving, the stick shift would almost melt into place, and a huge yank with huge force was all that would bring it from fourth gear to first to stopping. Huh. Uh, he goes on and on. Uh, I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what to... Why did people so, buy these things? So okay, so they were cheap. They they retailed for like four thousand dollars, brand new. Okay, wow. So wow. I mean, this is not in nineteen eighty five, but still for a brand new car. Uh, numerous wheel alignments, but the wheels the wheel always veered off. Could not handle gravel or dirt roads. You'd be shaken to death. Seats were stiff and uncomfortable. Lacked power in wind, and wind would sway the car out of lanes if you didn't fight against it. Cardboard interior walls had bent areas and were fading new. No cup holders would roll backward on hills. You were never sure of anything that you were never sure of any of anything. What would break or not work next? It did not want to be a car. Even children's toys are made safer and better to last. I found it hard to believe humans had made anything so cheap. What is the point of making things that never work to begin with? Brakes were good. Wipers were good. Cute attention getting, but none of that matters when nearly everything else was cheap and defective. So, that was one uh, comment. Wow. Here's another comment. I remember these being sold by the local Porsche slash Audi slash Ferrari dealership near my parents' house in L.A. Thought that a bit of a strange thing. Many years later, I was, quote, admiring a vintage Yugo at a service station in Central California when the station owner walked up to me and asked me if I wanted it for free. Oh, wow. So, I don't know if that's a true story or not, but... He's not exaggerating. This is from a uh, this is from the Chicago Tribune, and it's dated March 22, 1986, in Pittsburgh. The headline is: Buy a new Cadillac, get a Yugo thrown in free. A wow. Cadillac dealer here giving <laughs> oh a new twist to the sales pitch: Buy one, get one free. For a week now, has been offering a free 1986 Yugo GV to cus- consumers buying a quote selected Cadillac. Through the promotion, Noche Cadillac has sold 22 Cadillacs, but no one has yet taken home a Yugo. Under the offer, <laughs> oh, the buyer can opt for a Yugo or a further discount off the Cadillac price. All other retailers are selling through buy one, get one free 
promotions, why not car dealers? Asked Bob Wojcik, general manager at Noche. It's a way to generate some interest. The Cadillacs selected for the promotion range in price from 24000 to 28000 and are built by General Motors Corporation. The four-passenger three-door hatchback Yugo is valued at $4,200, Wojcik said. It is built by, let's see if I can say this right, Zavodi Krena Zastava in Yugoslavia. Everybody has waived the car, the Yugo, in lieu of an additional discount on the Cadillac, said Wojcik. But we've had over a hundred phone calls. We we have a lot of appointments set up. So wow, that's crazy. It was it was a pretty bad car all around. Apparently, I mean, I had no idea they'd even be allowed to market something that doesn't sound like it was even safe. I what, mean, what's weird is that was, that's not that long ago. Like, no, it's not. Like, how have we not heard about these? I mean, obviously they were trash, none of us were born but, in 1985. And no, but I'm just surprised I haven't heard about if it was that big of a debacle. They must not have made it to Central Kansas or something because it seems like I heard about them a lot more at this point. Apparently, I mean, they didn't last on dirt roads. So that would yeah. be pretty much well, a no go. <laughs> that'd be an instant out. Yeah, <laughs> you not go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Anyway, I thought that was really fascinating, but that's oh, that's my cool. kind of spicy. Wow, it is fascinating. Great, incredible. Okay, well, I guess I'm up next. So uh, my kind of spicy is mostly just a, a little heartwarming story that I found, and I'm not going to expound on it a lot. Um, but there's an 11 year old boy who lives in the UK. And last year, so talking 2020, just shortly before the pandemic, then his parents were helping out uh, one of their neighbors who had terminal cancer and was was dying from the cancer. Um, and they really came to appreciate how much hospice care helped them out because um, one of the things their neighbor really, really wanted was to be able to be at home during his last days. And because of hospice, that was able to happen. Um, and so... Just before this man died, the neighbor, he gave the 11-year-old Max um, a gift, and he gave him a tent and told him uh, – the boy said that he made a promise to have an adventure with it. Um, so that's kind of a cool story in and of itself. But um, then COVID hit, and everything kind of shut down, and most of the fundraising for hospice was canceled, and services were closed for a while because of COVID-19. So – Max, the 11-year-old, came up with an idea that he is going to set up his tent and sleep in it um, for a couple nights to try to raise money for the hospice to do some fundraising stuff since most of their things were shut down. So his goal was to raise 100 euros for the hospice. Um, So he took his teddies out there to keep him cozy and um, put up a fundraising page and everything. And then lockdown restrictions kept dragging on and it started kind of stretching out longer and longer than he thought. Um, so he started going for bigger and bigger goals and started really meeting and exceeding them. So eventually he decided that he's just going to keep going with it for as long as he can keep getting money. They survived, uh, storm Bella, which had 70 mile per hour winds and it came winter time and he decided he's just going to keep going. So he set up Christmas lights around his tent. And at one point he did have to get a new tent because the other one started leaking. But as of, um, as of just recently, he has had his 500th consecutive night outside in his tent. Wow. And has raised $770,000 for the hospice thing. Nice. So I just that's thought it was awesome. pretty incredible, especially for an 11-year-old to be that's, that That's unselfish. very impressive. I mean, I'm sure it was fun for a little bit, but you got to think long term. Which that's country do you say this was in? He's from the UK. Um, okay. I think he's from England. Yeah. 
And so oh. it, it, of course, started attracting more attention. And the London Zoo invited him to come camp beside the lion enclosure for a while and, you know, some things like that. So it's, it's really fun, but it's mostly just kind of a heartwarming story about how much just this one kid actually is making a huge change. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Was it like, how, how was it? How did people find out about him? Was it a social he, media post kind of thing? Or? I don't know exactly how people start. I mean, I think once he started getting media attention, I'm sure that helped a lot. But he did have a fundraising page where people could go support, like the hospice, like donate mm-hmm. from his page. Uh-huh. Um, so on October 12th, he wrote, Thank you so much for all the donations. I can't believe how much I have raised. I have decided to camp out for a year to see if I can get to 20,000 euros. And now he's at 770,000. So he is... Wow. Come a long ways from the hundred euro goal. Yeah. Wow. Did I hear right? You said he's he's camped out five hundred yes. consecutive nights. Yes, he has. So he's not the... eleven years old anymore. He's like <laughs> no, what, guess, twelve or thirteen. I guess he's growing wow. up. But yeah, last that week is commitment. Let's see. This news article was published August fifteenth. So as of last week, he had hit five hundred consecutive nights outside. Man, I wish my camping trips would be that profitable. That is. I'm just very. I'm just kudos to him for staying outside yeah, that long. Exactly. That yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially make it. like through cold weather. Yeah, I don't know how that worked during the winter. Well, but. I mean, if the only, I guess, if the only restriction was that you had to be outside in your tent, you could probably like get some kind of space heater and, um, like, like big old sleeping bag and stuff. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there are ways to keep warm, but still. He said one night during a storm, a winter storm, I think, or maybe it was a winter storm, during some storm, it blew over, so they set it back up so that he wouldn't break his streak of being out there. So pretty committed. Wow. Anyway. Nice commitment. What do you got, Jason? I like those, like those stories. Um, I just came across something very interesting. The headline that was with the article that I first read um, was Professor Develops Technology That Cools People Down Without Electricity or AC. And it's a pretty new technology, and part of the reason for this technology is that 17% of electricity used in the world is used for cooling. Hmm. 70, Can I stop you right you there? you say 70%? And say that I saw this headline and thought it looked really cool, and then started reading it and didn't, like, decided I wasn't going to go that direction, so I'm really glad you're bringing it. Awesome. Yeah. Hang on. Back up. You said 70%? No, sorry. 17. Oh, okay. That's different. But S- that 17% is... of the world's, say that again, electric energy or just energy in general? Electricity that electricity. we use is used for cooling. Gotcha. So okay. that's for, you know, AC, that's for refrigerators, that's for ACs for computer rooms, all of that. So a very sizable sector. And um, it also accounts for 8% of total greenhouse gas emissions. So wow. hmm. that's, um, you know, it's it's not a huge, it's not like 50%, but when you think of all the different categories that that could be, that's pretty large. Um, but they also expect that to increase six times, um, six times the amount of greenhouse gases and electricity um, effects by 2050. So hmm. we're here trying to um, get rid of, get rid of global warming but since the earth is hotter, we're going to keep adding more um, electric- electrical use and greenhouse gases by trying to cool ourselves down. Um, so that's kind of a problem. Um, and there's also a lot of developing countries that are majorly in the AC market, which who can blame them? But mm-hmm. so, yeah, that is um, you know, some pretty sizable effects on 
um, our energy that we use. And so he came up with this technology, and by he, um, the professor um, Aswath Rahman, is how I would pronounce his name. And it is a, um, a protective coating that you can put on, um, well, specifically on roofs, but there'd probably be other applications that actually cools down what is underneath it. Uh, and it is just by virtue of the coating, you don't you know, need to plug it in or anything hmm. like that. Um, and it's a really cool technology. It's actually based off a of technology that ancient people used. Um, they could make ice even in deserts um, hmm. with this technology. Um, it's also based off of the same principle that gives us frost above freezing temperatures. Um, and so kind of how it works um, is basically that whenever anything radiates heat, um, it cools down, um, which is you know pretty basic principle. If, if you're outside at night, you're radiating heat and you're cooling down. Um, but the problem is that the sun, um, the sun, when the sun's out, it almost 100% um, counteracts that. Um, and so, you know, even though you're radiating heat, you're getting heated back up by the sun. So what his coating or his radi radiative roof panels, um, what they do is they block the sun, but still radiate heat. And they figured out exactly uh, what radiates heat the best, uh, what uh, wavelength of infrared light. Um, and so this reflective panel radiates at that specific transmission window and so it cools stuff down but then it also blocks blocks the sun um, warming it back up wow that's pretty smart can i get that on my car <laughs> yeah that would be a great technology and the thing is like this um this transmission window is it's not just um you know transmitting through the panel but it's actually the transmission window that will send the the infrared light back to space and so it's not that it just shoots it back up into the atmosphere where it bounces around and comes back down which is what the problem is with the greenhouse effect uh, this it actually can get through all the layers of the atmosphere and get back out to space um, so it's hmm. really sweet that technology. is pretty cool wow figuring that out sounds way above my pay grade yeah yeah, yeah. no kidding um, it can cool the surface that's under it by about 10 degrees and um make systems uh 15 to 40 percent more efficient at cooling yeah impressive wow. which in some ways still doesn't sound like huge but like but if you think about it you it doesn't mean you're not cooling it other ways it's just that's a base level of savings right off the top that it really make a big difference mm -hmm. if it was implemented widespread right i mean if if you could have a building not be warmed by direct sunlight at all and also have it drop the temperature you know, you still have to cool air temperature, but you're getting a lot closer to being the temperature that you want to be at. Well, mm -hmm. just imagine if you're, like, if you only had to run your AC, like, 15 to 40% less frequently. I mean, 40% is almost half as often. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah, that's cutting huge. your time in half. And, I mean, while I'm not on board with the whole global warming thing, I mean, I don't, I don't really believe in it, but... I'm all about efficiency. Right. I mean, if you I can, mean, if you can like improve something idea. and make it more efficient, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. On one of their trial runs on a um, grocery outlet, 
um, this grocery store spent forty grand a year on refrigeration, and with the Sky Cool panels, which is the brand name, uh, they saved fifty eight hundred per year. Okay, nice. Wow. So about uh, probably eighteen percent. Yeah. efficiency increase wow oh that's a sizable portion that's good yeah. is yeah. it somewhat accessible or is it at this point is the technology still really like expensive to get a hold of uh i don't know they've got a website you go check it out if you just google um uh let me see and you, you said it is a panel it's not a coating or uh, like yeah like i don't know sure how they don't buy like a configure like a paint this on your roof thing yes hmm. that okay. that's right it's it's either like a material or or a panel something like that gotcha interesting yeah i believe sky cool is the brand name on that awesome cool well that was a good a good kind of spicy i like it i think that with that we're gonna wrap it up this has been kind of spicy Okay, it's time for Fact or Fiction. This is our game show segment. And Brandon, you are responsible for the segment. What do you got? Okay, so I'm curious. If I say Jeopardy, what do you guys... Like, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Like, the most popular game show ever? Okay. No. Yeah. Uh, something that is, like, kind of gamey, but I don't really know what it is. <laughs> gamey, as in, like, wild meat gamey? Yeah, sort Sure. As in, like, TV that I have no clue what's actually on, okay. or what it actually is. We'll get ready, because you're about to find out. <clears throat> Since 1984, Jeopardy! has been showcasing the knowledge of its contestants and entertaining TV crowds around the world. As the number one game show of all time, it has recently come back into the spotlight with the tragic passing of longtime host Alex Trebek. Millions of fans waited in suspense for months while Jeopardy! auditioned multiple celebrities for the hosting spot. Then, just last week, the news finally broke. Would it be National Football League MVP Aaron Rodgers, TV star LeVar Burton, or some other A-lister? The answer was none of the above. Mike Richards chose to hire himself for the host spot. That's right. The executive producer, with a history of lawsuits for discriminatory hiring, hired himself. Mm. <laughs> so while the real Jeopardy may have disappointed everyone, we have the chance to fix that today with a new version of Jeopardy. Get ready for Fact or Fiction, Jeopardy edition. Ladies and gentlemen, and now, here's your host, Brandon Miller. Oh, yeah. Welcome, everybody. Oh, thanks. Nice. It's Welcome to the game show. Here. This is Fact or Fiction Jeopardy Edition. So, what is Fact or Fiction Jeopardy Edition, you may ask? I, I am asking Okay, that. go ahead yes. and ask it. Sounds good. What okay. is Fact or Fiction the Jeopardy so, Edition? here are the rules. We know what it means for Florida men. What does it mean for Jeopardy? Okay, great. So, this is a little bit of a different spin. So, we are going to do... Okay, so for Jeopardy, you have different categories for the questions, and you also have different dollar values based on the hardness of the question. So, the dollar values ah. go... 200, 400, 600, 800, and 1,000. In a hypothetical Jeopardy situation, there's actually real money involved, and you actually get to win and get paid, and that's not going to happen here tonight, unfortunately. Wait, I thought this was the better version. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is this, it is. This is Sorry. the part where Wait we take a, a break minute. and say we still want sponsors? Yes, that is. I was like, hey. once we get $1,000 sponsors, I'll start paying out $1,000 cash prizes. But yes. at this point, uh, so don't come at me in the mentions saying that it's not exactly like Jeopardy is actually done because I know that and that's okay. Um, so there's no question categories, only just like the dollar amounts. So 
the higher dollar amount you pick, the harder your question's going to be based on how hard I thought the question was. So that could also be imperfect as well. Um, so also don't come at me if your $400 question seems about as easy as the $1,000 question that someone else got. Um, okay, so I will ask a contestant. You guys will take turns picking a dollar value from the board. I will give that contestant the question, and you must answer correctly. There's no time cap, but please be prompt. If you do not answer correctly, it will go on to the next person, and the question will go up one level in dollar value. So if Ooh. Jason misses the answer, we're going to play. Uh, we'll go ahead and go around the. We'll go clockwise just to make my head work better. So if Jason misses the question at two hundred, it moves on to Derek for four hundred. Makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All I got right. You. I got so you. you can go for the high questions, but then you might just be letting someone else get a lot of points if you mess it so, up. So okay, hang on. Does it top out at a thousand? Okay. Or what if up. someone starts with a thousand? So it'll step at one level on the board in value. If it gets to one thousand. Then it will just keep it'll roll over so 1200 1400 so on and so forth if we go a full round and no one has still given the correct answer these are not multiple choice but if we've gone a full round and no one's gotten the correct answer then at that point we will go ahead and i will make it multiple choice for you guys and you'll have a chance to decide okay so and i guess we'll just go till the multiple choice runs out because sooner or later someone's going to get it does anyone have any questions on that part I think I'm good. Everyone good to go? I'm ready. Yep. Okay. Got it. Sounds fun. Kristen. And then once we run out of questions or whenever we decide that time's up, we will then go into final Jeopardy and we will discuss that when it happens. So Kristen, you're first up. Would you like okay. to go with 200, 400, 600, 800, or a thousand dollars? I'm, I'm going to go with 400. Just kind of keep it, get, you know, work my way in slowly. Okay. Here. Go with 400. Okay. Here is your first question for $400. What three countries made up the original Axis powers in World War II. You're going to question my history? <laughs> oh, my. Yes, let's go. You said three of them. What three countries made up the original Axis powers in World War II? Okay, it's, it's like Germany, Japan, and another one that I'm not thinking of. <laughs> oh, man. Man, I feel like I bum, should really bum, know this. Bum, okay, bum. we're gonna we're just gonna send it. It was Germany, Japan, and I'm just gonna say China, which is probably wrong. That is incorrect. <laughs> Jason, for six hundred points, what three countries made up the original Axis powers in World oh, War II? Duh. Oh, I get the same question. So stupid. Yes, nice. because he okay. missed it, so you get a chance. <clears throat> also making this up, uh, it was Germany, um, Austria, and I'm gonna throw in Poland. Also okay. incorrect. No, Derek, no. for 800 points, what three countries made up the original Axis powers in World War II? Now I just have to remember which was the Axis. I think the Axis were the bad guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was definitely Germany and Japan and, oh my. Come on, <laughs> come on, this. come on. I mean, you don't have this. I want another chance. <laughs> do I get another chance if he well, yes, guesses wrong? I really don't want to have to do multiple choice on this one, so go ahead, Derek. You can get it. No, oh, I For 800 See, points. I thought of it as soon as I didn't. As I got it wrong. As soon as I got it wrong. Oh, my. I can't even think. Clock is ticking. Italy. No, it's not that. <laughs> I know you are correct. What? It is. <laughs> no. <laughs> Germany, what? Italy, and Japan. What? Why in the world? Are you kidding me? 
That is correct. Okay. okay. I so thought, Derek gets wait, on the how scoreboard Italy with not 800 allied. points. I thought surely it was way to go, Russia. Bart. We're the good yeah. guys. Oh my goodness. The Axis, wow. original Axis powers, Germany, Italy, and Japan. Okay. Jason, it is your turn since Kristen went first last time. 200, 400, 600, 800, or $1,000. What do we got? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna hedge my bets and go 400. 400. Okay. Here is $400. Which country do the cities of Perth, Adelaide, and Brisbane belong to? Denmark. That is incorrect. Derek, for $600, which country do the cities of Perth, Adelaide, and Brisbane belong to? No, looking at my papers. Yeah, I'm not looking. <laughs> um, come on. Come on. I need some suspenseful music. At this Poland? Point. Incorrect. Kristen, for $800, which country do the cities of Perth, Adelaide, and Brisbane belong to? Probably some obscure European country like Lithuania. That okay. is also incorrect. Jason, are you ready for the multiple choice round? Oh, for sure. For $1,000, you have a chance. Which country do the cities of Perth, Adelaide, and Brisbane belong to? Is it Belgium, Australia, Brazil, or Canada? Can I have this one more time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. Now I forget one of them. This is the problem with not writing it down. Okay. Okay, it was Australia, Brazil... Yes, it was it was Australia, Canada. Brazil, Canada, and Belgium. Okay. Psychological warfare here. Going with <laughs> Brazil. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Derek, for $1,200, this could be a huge for you. Is it, are those cities, Perth, Adelaide, and Brisbane, are they in Belgium, Australia, Brazil, or Canada? Australia. That is correct. <laughs> yes. Derek is like oh, Derek just is taking up. it. He is Chris, we're going to go home. We're going to have some dollars. No, we're not. We're going to get back in this thing. And you guys got to go. Derek <laughs> has a chance to take a commanding lead. Do you want two, four, six, eight hundred dollars or a thousand on your question? Uh, six hundred. Six hundred. Okay. For six hundred dollars. Fissures. Vents and plugs are all associated with which geological feature? I'm going to say that again. Fissures, vents, and plugs are all associated with which geological feature? I think you need to phone a friend to ask our producer because he looks like he knows, but you don't get to, so that's where you're at. So we're studying the Earth because it's geological. Mm-hmm. Fissures, vents, and plugs. Sounds like something to do with the equator. I don't know. That is incorrect. Boy. Kristen, yeah. fissures, vents, and plugs are all associated with which geological feature for I don't 800 know. points? I don't know, but I'm going to say like volcanoes. That is correct. Sweet. Volcanoes have to do with fissures, vents, hey, and plugs. Hey, we got somebody the, besides the Derek vents. on the board. You got me with the vents. The vents. Okay, so Kristen is on the board with $800. Okay, now it is back to Kristen on the choosing. Would you like to go with two, four, six, eight, or 1000 I can't get a four hundred dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't feel like starting at two hundred dollars. Give me a four hundred again. Let's see what we can 400 do. Four hundred again. And by the way, these do run out, so eventually you guys will run out of those. Oh, but okay, okay. Okay. 
What is the name of the biggest tech company in South Korea? I have no clue. For $400. The biggest tech company in what South Korea? What is the Korea? name of the biggest tech company in South Korea? Can you tell me if they also exist in, the Nor- in North America? I feel like we're going to leave that. No, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, okay. <sighs> Boy. Hmm. I'll just tell you a little how scale works. 200, you should probably know it. 1,000, there's almost no way you know it. Uh-huh. So anywhere in between there is kind of the ascending scale of where we're you. at and how much I, I expect you. you to know it. Okay. Uh, that That's helpful. I mean, the, you said the biggest tech company. Yes. Your time is ticking. Sorry. I'm stalling. Yeah, I am stalling. Uh, let's go with... <clears throat> I think we're going to go with Microsoft just because that's something I know. Nope. That's incorrect. Jason, for $600, you're throwing a low-hanging piece of fruit. <laughs> Would you like to name the biggest tech company in South Korea? Uh, I'm going to guess Sony. That is also incorrect. Oh, come on. Derek, you have a chance to take a commanding lead with the biggest As if he tech didn't already tech have a company, commanding that's lead. That's right. In South Korea for $800. Oh, my. I feel like I think I know the name of this. It's just not coming to me right at the moment. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not Huawei. No, it's not. Is it? I'm going with that. That no. is also incorrect. Okay. That's Chinese. We are going into the multiple choice round. So, Kristen, you have a chance for redemption okay. out of $1,000. Yeah, give me some okay. options. I need options. So, first of all, I have to think of some, I have to think of some options. You want to write these? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I got You're really winging it on the multiple choice, aren't you? Okay. Good job. Okay, you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Okay, here are your options. Your options are Samsung, Comcast, Microsoft, and OnePlus. Samsung. Ladies and gentlemen, that is correct okay. for one thousand wow. points. Wow. Samsung okay. was but the I'm correct still answer. like trailing Derek by like so a Kristen pretty is massive now, margin, right? No, you are not trailing by massive margin because that was worth a thousand points. Oh, good, finally. Round. Derek has two thousand. Kristen has eighteen hundred, and Jason I'm is looking at to change you, that fat zero that's sitting right there. So Jason, oh, Jason, would you like the to fat zero, take a two, four, six, eight, or a thousand? Hey, do a 200 so we can see how easy they are. <laughs> uh, I do, kind of do what you want to do. So I'm going with an 800. 800. Okay. Hmm. Let's do this one. I like this one. In which European city would you find Orly Airport? O-R-L-Y Airport. In which European city? For 800 points. Sounds Polish to me. Poland is not a city. Please name it. Oh. Not a city. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking country. As if you know any Polish cities? Yes. <laughs> I know, right? Pretty sure there's like I think an obscure have... town in Denmark no, that's named Warsaw, Poland. Yeah. Okay, okay um, I'm going to go with... Oh, what was the name of the airport again? In which European city would you find Orly Airport? Um, going with the only European city I can think of, Athens. That is incorrect. Derek, for a thousand points, do you know which European city you would find Orly Airport? Um, blanking out here. 
could do Jamie's chicken. Say the only city you can think of. Yeah, Venice. <laughs> also incorrect. <laughs> Kristen, Orly Airport. Okay, so can you give the letters again? Oh. And you, this is up to 1,200. Yeah. yeah it's, it's spelled O-R-L-Y, and this is now up to 1,200 so, points. Oh, okay, so that is the name of the airport. That's not like the three-digit. the three No, digit. that's, okay, yeah, no, that's the name of the airport. It's <clears throat> so like Chicago O'Hare type of that, Yeah, yeah, that I got you, I got you. Okay, um, hmm. European In city. which city? European city. Orly Airport. I have I don't know, but we're gonna say London. That is also incorrect. Because so Jason they probably have multiple airports. For fourteen hundred points. See now you've stacked hey, the cards. You get the first multiple choice one. <laughs> okay. Now I gotta think of some hmm, let's see. Now you gotta come up with some other good European yeah, got, cities on the fly. Good European cities. Okay. Let's go with um, wow, I am really running low on European cities. <laughs> Do you need us to suggest some? Okay. We'll, we'll go with three to choose from, okay? Is it Madrid, Barcelona, or Paris? I'm going with Paris. That's correct. Hey, I'm on the board. Let's go. Jason is now on the board. Okay. Derek, would you like to, uh, which one would you like to choose? Two, four, six, eight, or one thousand. Um, let's go with a thousand. Hey, let's go. I don't okay. know. Hmm. Let's go with this one. Which singer's real name? So this singer goes by a stage name, but this is her real name. Okay. Which singer's real name is Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata? So, which singer's what's the stage name for her real name of Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata? And I'm probably not saying half of those correct. Wow. For a thousand points. This is incredible. <laughs> and I will say she's a current singer. It's not some weird historical fact. Yeah. <clears throat> Miley Cyrus? Great question, but that is or great answer, but that is incorrect. So, Kristen, for twelve hundred points, I don't know. I'm probably gonna embarrass myself, but I'm gonna say Taylor Swift. That is also <laughs> I have incorrect. No idea if that's a real Jason name or not. for fourteen hundred points. I can read it again, but it's not gonna help you. Um, <laughs> also, gonna embarrass myself. Let's try Lady Gaga. <laughs> you are crazy! Hey, oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I couldn't quite remember if she even sung. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, no wonder she calls herself Lady points. Gaga. Then. I know, it's really. Oh, yeah, she did that. Like, um... no, I hardly know who that is, but. Okay, wow. so that was Derek. That so we're gonna insane. go a couple more rounds here. We have Jason at $2,800, Derek at $2,000, and Kristen at $1,800. So some fierce competition here. Kristen, you're, you are up. Would you like two, four, six, eight, or a thousand? Hmm. We gotta go for the gold. Give me a thousand. Thousand. Okay, here you go. Samuel Tilden, Grover Cleveland, Al Gore, and Hillary Clinton share what distinction among U.S. presidential candidates? Can I hear the, the list again, yes, please? Yes, it is Samuel Tilden, Grover Cleveland, Al Gore, Hillary Clinton share what distinction among U.S. presidential candidates? I'm going to say I, I, have, I have absolutely no clue, so mm -hmm. we're just going to go with something. They were all the same height. Incorrect. Jason, <laughs> okay. for 1,200 points. 
Uh, I'm going with they all came from Arkansas. Also incorrect. Derek for $1,400. Uh, were they all uh, Democratic Party? I don't know that, but that's not the correct answer. So, Kristen, yeah, we come to the multiple choice choices. round, and this one is oh, one yeah. that I got myself in trouble with now. <laughs> okay. So, let's go with this one. They were all younger than the person they ran against. They were all from the state of Pennsylvania. They all won the popular vote but lost the electoral college. Or they all went to the same university. They all won the popular vote but lost the electoral college. You are correct. And that was $1,000, So you got $1,600 coming right up right there. So that takes Kristen up into the standings all the way to the lead at $3,400. So Derek and That's Jason, right. you guys got some ground to make up. Thanks. It's okay. been great. I, I love, yeah. I'm just okay. feeling so overwhelmed with emotion right now. I wait for the multiple choice round. <laughs> Jason, two, four, six, eight, okay, or 1000 so- Yes. When are we going to Final Jeopardy? We yeah, should probably so we're hit like overdrive here shortly. Yes, we are going to do some quick more speed round type of situations. So what we're going to do is you start the round, so I'll finish with them. Gotcha, okay. And we'll go one more quick loop where you cannot, where I just choose the category for you. We're going to sling at you and see what happens. Uh-huh. And then from there, we'll go into Final Jeopardy, okay? Okay, okay. Sounds okay, good. Okay, Jason, you're up. Two, four, six, eight. Um, so. still here for the gold, so I'm going to go with 800 $800. Okay. Hmm. Let's go with this one. What is the rarest color of M&M's? Ooh, that is... I'll get my buzzer ready. Intriguing. <laughs> um, I'm going with turquoise. Incorrect. Derek, for $1,000, what is the rarest color of M&M's? Sky blue. Also incorrect. Kristen, for 14 Oh, let's see. We're at $1,200. What is the rarest color of m and I really need some options, but uh, see, I have no idea what color, what like what the range of colors are. Hmm, it's something I've never seen before, probably. So I'm going with black. Okay, also I've probably seen Jason, that. <laughs> multiple choice round. Is the rarest color of M and M's brown, yellow, red, or green? Oh, so these are like normal oh, colors. Okay. Red. Oh, shucks. Incorrect. I really want okay. chance at this. He went 800. That's 1,000. 1,200. 1,400. So, Derek, for $1,600, what is the rarest color of M&M's? Is it brown, yellow, red, or green? It's green. Still incorrect. Yes. It's brown. Ladies and gentlemen, huh. that is correct. For 1,800 points, the rarest color of NMs is brown. That puts Kristen on a decisive lead, so you guys got some ground to make up here. Derek, I believe it is your turn to pick in the final round of our normal round, so we got two, four, six, eight, and 1,000. All right, we're going for 200. 200, okay. He plays smart. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what was the name of the Pilgrim's ship? The Mayflower. You are correct for 200 points. Derek puts money in the bag. Okay, Kristen, for the first one of our final I choose round, we haven't had very many 600s, so we're going to go with that one. So how long is an Olympic swimming pool? 
long enough that they can work up some speed. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, okay, hang on. You say how is it in meters or feet? It's or in what? meters. Okay. Um, hmm. For six hundred points, how long is an Olympic swimming pool? I'm gonna say it's like. See, this is this is again gonna embarrass myself because I don't watch the Olympics, but. Uh, I'm going to say 60 meters. That is incorrect. Jason, for 800 points and a chance to give Kristen a run for his money, what is the length in meters of an Olympic swimming pool? Uh, I'm going to give us 70 meters. Also incorrect. Derek, $1,000. What is the length of an Olympic swimming pool? 18 meters? No. Still incorrect. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Your multiple choices are... Twenty meters, thirty meters, forty meters, or fifty meters. Thirty meters. Incorrect. Uh, okay, let's see. You were at six, eight, a thousand, twelve hundred. So now you're at fourteen hundred, Jason. Is it twenty, thirty, forty, or fifty meters? Let's go with thirty. Also incorrect. Okay, Derek. Twelve. Uh, sorry, fourteen hundred dollars. What is the length of an Olympic swimming pool? Twenty, 20 meters. What was that? Twenty. No. Also incorrect. <laughs> For it's got to be it's got to be fifty meters. You are correct. Okay, it thank you. Is. Thank you very much. Does he it get the points meters. if that was the only option left? He does because you guys are so bad at it. <laughs> oh no! I forgot so to take my tape measure last time. <laughs> sixteen hundred. I just no. I don't know if I've ever seen an Olympic swimming pool. Like, okay, or, no. or like at least not long enough that I. They kind of took in how it compared to everything else. Like I have no concept for how long it okay, is. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna keep this brief and keep it moving. So, uh, Jason, real quick, we're gonna give you a six hundred as well since you haven't used many of those. Which author wrote the Winnie the Pooh books for six hundred points? H. A. Ray. <laughs> that is incorrect, Derek. <laughs> That's for eight hundred dollars, which author wrote the Winnie the Pooh books? <laughs> That's the same. A. A. Milne, of course. <laughs> you are correct. Hey, oh good my, <laughs> Derek, get Go some Derek. points on that one. Okay, Derek. It is your final chance before we go into Final Jeopardy. Let's see here. What do I want to give you? We'll go with this one. Tennis star Serena Williams won which major tournament while pregnant with her first child? For 800 points. Tennis star Serena Williams won which major tournament while pregnant with her first child? Wow. Uh, as if I know even any <laughs> name of any tennis tournament ever. That's okay. Right. Um, <laughs> don't make fun of me, please. No, I, I'm so glad it's your question, not mine. Uh, the Super Bowl is not the answer. <laughs> I hope I can score. Wow. Okay. I just don't follow that stuff. Here we go. Uh, uh, the Australian Classic. <laughs> that is incorrect. That's a great attempt. But Kristen, okay, which okay. tennis star is Serena Williams? Which uh, tournament did she win while pregnant? For a thousand points. <laughs> I think this is a golf thing, maybe. But is it the British Open? It's <laughs> okay. also incorrect. That's a, is that is that That's a golf thing? Golf okay, thing. I don't know. Okay, no Jason, was it Wimbledon? That is also correct, which you actually pulled a tennis phrase out of your hat. So Derek... Yeah, that was the only tournament I could think of. Okay, so Derek started at 800. Kristen got a shot at 1,000. Jason went at 1,200. So for 1,400 points... So now you have to make up tennis. For Derek, I do. And this is going to be exciting. Tennis tournaments. So 
So, Derek, <laughs> was it? Bing, ding, ding, ding. The Spain Open, the French Open, the Australian Open, or the U.S. Open? Okay, so I was right that it was an open. Correct. So okay, so it's not just call. call there. Okay, Jason, good. why did you have to take that Wimbledon makes me off feel the board? <laughs> it makes my job so much harder. <laughs> that would have been low-hanging fruit. The... Wait, can you give me those again, please? Yeah, so I'm sorry. it's the Spanish, French, Australian, or U.S. Opens. Those are your options. The French. That is incorrect. Kristen, for $1,600. U.S. Also incorrect. Okay. Jason, for $1,800, was it the Spanish, French, Australian, or U.S. Open? I'm going with Australian. You are correct. Oh. Derek got so close with the Australian classic, but it just <laughs> wasn't quite Wow, there. that was actually impressive. Derek gets 1800 Okay, we Feels are bad. now ready for Final Jeopardy. Here is how this will play out. Hey, quick question. Did yes. you add that to Derek or my score? I added that to your score. Okay, Why? thank you. Yes. So Derek is now at 3,000 points. Jason is at 4,600 points or dollars. Kristen is at $6,800. So here's how this is going to work. I have one question and one question only, and you all will get a chance to answer it, but you'll have to think the answer in your head first. I'm going to Actually, here's what we're going to do. You're going to write it down on a piece of paper. Here's a piece of paper if you need one. Okay, so now. Extra pen. Yes, there you go. So I will give you the question. You will have to write down two things. You will have to write down how much of your money you want to wager on it, and you'll also have to write down your answer to this the question. This just became a gambling show? Yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> so you can only wager up to the amount that you have, and you can wager as little as zero. So uh, your okay, score... okay say, but say it again. You have to say how much you want to bet, and what was the other thing? What you want to bet and what your answer is. And yeah, it's in your I best interest you. to not okay. have the other contestants see it. I got okay. you. Multiple people can be correct, but then you, if you, whatever amount you wager, you will either... Get that or lose that. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay. Can I know how you? much I have again? Jason has 4,600. Derek has 3,000. And Kristen has 6,800. So keep in mind, you'll either gain that amount or lose that amount on this. Okay. The question is, how many ribs does every human have? Assuming no genetical defects. That's the question. So based on your confidence in the question, how many ribs does a human being have? You need to wager however much of your money and you also need to write down your answer. You may begin now. Can I count them? <laughs> if you can count I'm, them, I was about to do that, know. but I don't think it's going to no, work. That's very not well. going to work. And also, you can't. And that's just creepy. So, <laughs> I get to wait wow. so do I have to say or write down? Write how much? down your answer, please. No, but when do I say how much I'm betting? You have to write down how much you're you're wagering. Actually, no, just write down your answer. That's fine. Oh, okay. That's all I care about. So once you have your answer written down on a sheet of paper, as proof, Jason, you can stop counting and start writing. <laughs> Did you say I have Jason, just, Derek has the studio 000. just poking his side. Jason, do, do you have your um, do you have your answer written? Hey, down? you count the ones up under your armpit and like in your chest area? Oh yeah, there's ribs all over the ones your body, that are bro. fused to your like breastplate are also considered ribs. Okay, oh, you have three Seems more seconds to, to write down an answer. Uh, Except Derek got started late because Kristen was using his pen, so we'll give him a little bit more time. Oh, and this is a times two scenario. I get you. Let me see. Okay, everyone have an answer written down. Not yep. me. Am I out of time? 
well, uh, just, no, just no, just write run down like just write down any number. I don't care. It can be three thousand. It's fine. But Arr. next time, if you're out of time, we are going to count you out, right? Okay. Here we go, Kristen. How much money did you decide to wager wager on this? I'm one? going with eight hundred. Eight hundred. Oh, wow. Okay, Jason. How much would you like to wager on this one? Forty six hundred. Good. Let's go, Jason. You got this chance. Okay, Derek. How much money would you like to wager on this? All of mine. Three thousand. Three thousand. So oh, Jason dear. and Derek are going all in. Kristen's playing it safe. So, <clears throat> Kristen, what was your answer for how many ribs a human has? Eighteen. That is incorrect. See, Kristen will now be losing 800 points, which brings him down to a score of 6,000 even. Jason, what was your answer for how many ribs a human has? 56. That is also <laughs> incorrect. You made him You ribs? will now lose all of your points oh, if you take my. it down to 4,600. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Derek, what was your answer for how many ribs a human has? 30. That is also incorrect. Oh, my. Derek loses all of his points and goes down to a score of zero which now do we want to do another round of final jeopardy or are we done are we going to try to guess again on this or do we say we're we're out at this point <laughs> they're out of points so i have nothing to wager at this point <laughs> okay we'll, we'll do we give them a bonus of a thousand well even if they have a thousand no, points, we're, we're gonna win. we're gonna set the bar okay we're gonna set the bar at um five thousand is which wagered on it so derek and jason can go negative or Kristen you're gonna have a chance to set whatever wager you want so you can still wager zero if you want okay 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 so now, okay, say that again. They're gonna get what up to five thousand points. Hmm. We should. Set, this I means think, we can't lose. I mean, he can't lose. That's correct. So I think. The, I, I think I just won, didn't I? <laughs> oh, I feel like you guys should have a guess. Okay, we're just gonna. Okay, Jeopardy is over. But go ahead, guess again. See if you can test your skills. What do you oh, got? Oh, on the number of yes, ribs thing. What's your, what's your Are you gonna guess? tell me if I was high or low last time? I said eighteen. You were low. I was low. Okay. In that case, the human body probably contains. Uh, we're going to say about 28. That is incorrect. Jason, how many ribs does the human body have? 38. Also incorrect. Derek, how many ribs does the human body have? Uh, 26. Also incorrect. Kristen. At this point, we're just spitting out numbers. <clears throat> That's correct. Um, how does it compare to like a pig? Because I've no eaten idea. ribs from a pig, no but not a human, thankfully. Okay, it's less than 50. Oh, okay. That helps. Uh, we're going to say... We're going to say 32. Jason, we've had some very close guesses. It's less than 32. Well, gone by my count, I would say... 26. Wait. Already been guessed. It's less than 26. Derek, what do you got? 24. Ladies and gentlemen, you are correct. But Kristen has won the final Jeopardy. I mean, not the final Jeopardy, but he has held off his opponents. Kristen finishes with 6,000 points. Jason with zero. Derek with zero. And that will do it for our episode of Factor Fiction Jeopardy Edition. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Congratulations. That was fun. Thanks, Brandon. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Answers May Vary. Uh, are there any uh, summarizing thoughts or closing comments that you'd like to make yet before we wrap this up? Yeah, well, I'll just say that we missed Brad, but we're very mm -hmm. thankful for our special guest. 
That's right. Yeah, yes, thanks for joining agreed. us, Jason. It was a yeah, it was pleasure to have you with us. Thanks for having me. And, yeah, shout out to Brad. We know you're listening, and we missed you. <laughs> is he listening? <laughs> I mean, oh, we hope sure. he is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe he left us forever. <laughs> no, I, I think he's I listening. doubt it. <laughs> uh, it just feels creepy. So, Jason, is there uh, anything, any place you'd like us to be able to find you? Like, if people want to get a hold of you or uh, support you in any way, what where should they go? Oh, yeah. Yeah, people are interested in... Um, checking out more what I do, um, you can go to www.paypal.me slash jbtheredhead. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, just check out what I got going there and feel free to participate. It's I love community and what everybody can um, cumulatively add to our experience here. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cumulative. Isn't that? Cumulative. We're not good at Jeopardy well, or you grammar, can't, folks. You can't just turn anything into an <laughs> adverb, but okay. Okay, well, this has been Answers Mayberry. Uh, See you next time. Have a good one. Catch have you later. Have a good one. We'll see ya. <laughs> we still made it so awkward. I thought it was a good ending. <laughs> we could give it another Thank you for listening to the Answers May Vary podcast. Our producer today was Landon Miller. Our host is Kristen Miller. Co-hosts are Brad Nisley, Derek Schmucker, and I'm Brandon Miller. If you like what you heard, please go leave us a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're online, go ahead and find us on Instagram at Answers May Vary podcast. We would also like to hear any feedback or question ideas that you would have for us. You can send all of that to podcast at gmail.com.